Today's show negotiated with the hospital, got first rights to the story, and ended up airing our story right before the Macy's Day Parade on Thanksgiving morning um, two years ago, um, which is their biggest viewership of the entire year. Um, and so then after that, the hospital's video went viral and has, um, I think I just met with the film crew last week, I think they're saying it's over 80 million views internationally, um, which is blowing my mind because all I wanted to do was say thank you. And it just shows the power of gratitude. And, um, and so I just want to encourage you guys, none of us make it through life on our own. And there is such power in those two simple words, thank you. And I would love when you leave here to sometime this week, sometime in the next few days, to think about who has helped shape you, who has helped impact your life. And to just take five minutes and write them a note or call them and just tell them that. Because life is so short and sometimes it feels a little awkward to like kind of go there. But these doctors, when I thanked them, a lot of them had done their jobs over 20 years. You don't see this in the video. Over half of them said they had never been thanked. And most of them said by me, one person coming to say thank you, they were good to go for another 20 years to do their jobs. And so it just was so empowering to them and so powerful to them. And so I just want to encourage you guys to not overlook the power of gratitude. And now we can show the video. Hey, Kelly. Hi. It's 2 o'clock and this the baby was here at 1.36. My favorite part of the day was getting to hold Eli for the first time and to rock him and watch him sleep and watch his eyes open. Ten years ago, my husband and our baby boy and I were in a horrific car accident. Eli was 14 weeks old, so it was just a new baby. Life was perfect and just how it should be. I can't wait to see AJ being the best dad in the world because he will be that. And my husband was killed instantly in the impact. Our son was severely injured. It's now 10 years later, and I want to find the team of heroes that helped save my son's life and thank them. Our thank you project. Right. Hi, Jana. This is Kelly Haddock. I spoke to you last week about the thank you event. That'd be really good. Do you know where she lives now? Is she still in Florida? Jody? Yeah. Hi, I'm Kelly. Hi. And you're Susie. I'm Susie. Yeah. <laughs> wow. It's amazing to see you again. I don't know if you remember me. His dad loved him so much. And he's not going to know that man. There was a number of times where his beeping would stop and it would just be a long beep. He had bleeding on his brain, multiple strokes, and he was having really bad seizures. Respiratory needed to come in and you were, you were just such an important part of saving his life. The doctor said it doesn't look good. If Eli lives, he's probably not going to be able to walk or talk or show motion. Getting him where he needed to, to, to be very quickly was, was really key in his survival. And um, I just, I am so grateful to you for what, what you were a part of doing. You were the first doctor that 
believed in us and believed in me and believed that there was a solution to help you like it better. And it was less than a week later that I got to drive my baby boy home from the hospital. There aren't words to describe. You don't think about it on a daily basis, you know? Mm -hmm. You do what you have to do. Because mm -hmm. that's your job. But when you stand back and think about yeah. the impact that you're making. Yeah. I've never been thanked, so... You know, you, it's really? not something you do for anything. Uh, you've never been thanked? Not after, not later. You know, wow. you don't see people. Yeah. So this is really special. Yeah. This is really nice. Wow. We're doing an event, okay. and we want to honor you at the oh, event. Geez. It would be such a privilege if you would come to our party so we can honor you and say thank you um, there properly. And there's a picture of Eli, and he will be at the event, so you'll get to meet him. This is my, my new husband, Ted. You're, you're a lucky man. <laughs> and um, he adopted Eli also, and so now Eli not only is, is doing well, he has an incredible dad. It was not hard to decide to adopt Eli. It was a blessing from the beginning. But I do want to continue the story that he began and to honor him in doing that. This whole journey has been such a mix of the darkness right next to the beauty. I can't believe he's 10. Look at him. Mm -hmm. He's whole. I think probably the best moment was when the people that helped save Eli's life stood up and to see all of our family and friends cheering for them and clapping for them. That was the moment that I've dreamed of for 10 years. face, I think of his smile, and I uh, then imagine what if that face didn't exist, or what if it had been snuffed out. None of us make it into life, or through life, on our own. Alright, you ready to stand up? There you go. Why don't you run to me? What are you hiding from? Let it bring you to your knees. When I hear you weep, my love falls over you. It's not the way you thought it'd be You'll never be the same You wanna scream to wake up 
you're holding all the blame when I hear you weep my love falls over you on the anniversary of the accident, even married, even 12 years later, um, the grief is still there. The loss still hurts. It's still hard. And um, every year on the anniversary of the accident, I never quite know how to approach that day because on one day, it's a day of like hope. Wow, we made it through another year. And on the other hand, it's a day that's really hard because I think, wow, it's been another year and I miss him another year more. So every year, I just really want to be in the presence of God. But as you guys know, as a mom, sometimes it's harder to find that presence of God or time to sit in the presence of God. 
And um, two years ago on the anniversary, it was just a busy day. There was muffin crumbs to clean off the floor and laundry to fold and kids to read stories to. And I felt like I just never had a chance to sit. So that afternoon when I finally was able to sit, the kids were resting. I just was begging God, please meet me. Please meet me. And I sat in my quiet time. Even my quiet time was brutally quiet. And I was kind of frustrated with God. Like, but God, I'm here and I, and I need you. And it was just quiet. So I was ready to get up from my chair and move on to the next thing that I needed to do. But I sent something sitting me, no, just sit a little longer, just sit. So I sat, and it was still really quiet. So I was really getting frustrated at this point, going, God, I, I really need something from you. And I tried to get up again, and again, I felt something saying, no, sit. So I sat, and I waited. And I started to think about how God had gotten me through the day. I started to think about how he got me through the week and how he got me through the month. The anniversary of the accident is on October 31st, which is Halloween. And I hate Halloween, and I don't understand how we as a nation, like, celebrate death and put skeletons up and all that. And so as soon as October hits and the decorations start going up, I just feel like I want to crawl into a hole. And um, so October is always just really, really hard. And, um, and, and But I thought, well, Lord, you got me through another October. Here we are. It's the last day of the month. It's the anniversary of the accident. And then I began going farther back. Well, you got me through another year. And then I went farther back. You got me through 10 years. Oh, my goodness, God. And I just went slowly back in my mind and replayed the events, replayed those significant days, replayed those hard days. And as I went back through my mind, I realized that there was not a single moment I could find where I felt abandoned. There was not a single moment I could find where I did not have every single thing that I needed to get through. And here I was, 10 years later, perfectly provided for and loved and cared for. Now, it had been intensely hard, but I was never alone in the hard. And so then something happened that I've never experienced before or since, but I was wide awake. It was the middle of the afternoon, but it was almost like I was dreaming. And I saw um, just a road, and I don't remember what the car accident looked like. I was in it, but I don't remember it. Um, But I saw a road. It was just the black asphalt and, like, the woods, the trees behind it. And there was a man standing in the middle of the road, and it was nighttime. The moon was shining. And there was this glass all over the road, all these little bits of glass, and they were kind of glistening in the moonlight. And there was a man standing in the middle of the glass, and his arms were outstretched. And there were these really, really dark storm clouds rolling in. But there was something coming out of his mouth, and it was pushing back those dark clouds. And in that moment, my story changed forever because I've always told my story several hours later after the accident when the hospital chaplain told me my husband had died. That's always where my story had begun. But that day, God took me back to the moment of impact, to the scene of the accident, the moment where it actually all fell apart, the moment where I could look and say, God, where were you? Why did that happen? And he showed me he was right there standing in the mess of it all, pushing back the darkness, and I was not consumed. And so, I don't know what you are going through, or what you have been through, or what you will go through. But I know that God is actively acting on your behalf, pushing back the darkness, 
and you are not, and you will not be consumed. And the reason I can say that, you could say, how can you say that? You don't know my story. But you know what? You're here. And just the simple fact that you are in this room is a testament of the fact that he is actively pushing back the darkness and that he will never relent in pushing back that darkness. And so that afternoon, I went to the piano and I wrote this song, and it is hands down the the easiest song that I've ever written. It just came. So here it is. As we gather to talk and pray, our hearts were numb from the pain. It hung like a dark cloud in the room. We were hurt and broken, confused. Instead of singing, there was silence. Our heartstrings throbbed like harp strings. We slid down the wall and closed our eyes, breathed in, breathed out a sigh. You were there with us then. You are here with us now. You've always been faithful. Always been beautiful. You're with us in the battles, standing in the shrapnel. We've been shelled out from the war. We've all been broken, all been torn. Our tired eyes strain to see the smallest glimpse of eternity. You were there with us then. You are here with us now. You've always been faithful. Always been beautiful. You're with us in the battles, standing in the
Thank you. <laughs> so, um, as Ashley said in my introduction, I was able to go to Iraq um, last year. One of my best friends, who's from Texas, lives in Iraq full time with her family, and they do relief work there. And um, their organization is called Preemptive Love Coalition. And if you're at all interested in engaging issues um, in the Middle East and in Iraq, um, highly encourage you to check them out. Um, the work they're doing is incredible. And um, I was able to share music with a whole bunch of expats that are serving in Iraq from all over the world while I was there, which was an amazing experience. Um, but um, Jessica's husband, Jeremy, um, who started the organization, wrote a book called Preemptive Love. And hands down, it's one of my top 10 books I've ever read in my life. It, um, it's just so, so good on so many levels. Um, just about loving anyway, about laying down your arms, about trying to find the path of love forward. And um, as I was reading that book, um, two of my best friends um, were fighting for their marriages. And I was really in the fight with them for their marriages. And, um, and so I wrote this song for, for all of them because we have to find a way forward. And especially in our marriages, when we see the other as an enemy, um, that doesn't help us find the way forward. And something my husband and I tell each other often when we're having those tense conversations is, we have an enemy and it's not each other. And so it's good to remember that even when, when you're butting heads with the other, that we need to pause and lay down our arms and remember that there is hope and that there is love. And so that's what the song is about. You're lonely, but you want to be alone. You're tired, but you don't want to sleep. Cowering in the corner, ready for a fight. Thinking everyone is on the other side. Everything in you wants to fight. War won't make this right. Lay down your arms. Lay down your arms. It's hard for you to find a common ground. Fighting to defend your own bit of ground. You raise your voice, trying to be heard. But all your efforts are only making noise. Everything in you wants to fight. War won't make this right. Lay down your arms. 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 You sit here trying to grow thicker skin. So when you're hit again, it won't sink in. There's little to lose. 
and so much to gain. Raise the flag, stop the pain. Turn your swords in shovels, turn your spears in holes. Instead of fighting, cultivate, grow There is love, there is hope, lay down your arms. There is love, there is hope, lay down your arms. There is love, there is hope, lay down your arms. down your arms lay down your arms lay down your arms thank you <laughs> so you'll be glad to know that this couple one of my best friends um they had two years of really intense counseling and now they have a really rock-solid marriage, and it's awesome. It's just so beautiful to see. And um, our anniversaries are close to each other, so we went out on a double date. And um, I thought she put it perfectly. She said, you know, we make such a big deal about celebrating each other's birthdays, but we really should make a big deal about celebrating each other's anniversary because it doesn't take a whole lot of work to stay alive, but it takes a whole lot of work to stay married. <laughs> and I thought that was such a good point, and so that's a great intro for this song about figuring out how to do that dance. It's a delicate dance When you and I are moving together Sometimes it hurts our feet But other days it's sweet Our bare feet on the road Oh, 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 oh. Sometimes I might step on your toes. Oh, oh, my good intentions didn't show. Oh, no, we're learning how to dance. We're learning how to dance. Oh, 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 We can overanalyze until the moon fully dies. The distance between us can feel like miles as you stare at me across the room oh 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 oh. i moved too fast i didn't know uh oh that you were hurting it didn't show oh no we're learning how 
today, I really want it to be this rock-solid truth in your heart that you are loved. And it's not just this little nice idea, but let that be the fuel that carries you. Let that be the motivation in and through everything that you do. Let that be the thing that gives you security to reach out and love others, to lay down your arms. So as I sing this over you, just let that truth soak in that you are loved. You walked the line a thousand times Seen the good and the bad from both sides A depth's been sown Your heart has grown in triumph and trial you've been known You are loved You are loved You're the quiet Such divine art 
work when you were formed what you could not earn was already yours you're free to be bravely you because of this great truth you if you know it.
Before we do, if there is something that has been on your heart, something that you want to give him, something that you want to ask him for, a way that you want to ask him to meet you, I want you to bring that to him right now. And bring it to him in faith, knowing that he loves you and knowing that he is good and that his love and his goodness is not contingent on your circumstances and it's really not even contingent on whether you know it or feel it. But it's there. He's there. And he does answer prayer. So please, lift whatever that thing is up to him. Because he longs to be with you in it. It says, with God, all things are possible. And that's not just that God can do all things, because he can, but it means with him. When you are with him, when you are in relationship with him. So let's be with him this morning. Let's come to him. He answers prayer. He answers prayer. He answers prayer. He's so good to us. He answers prayer. He answers prayer. He I lift my voice 
so much for your goodness. Thank you for loving us first. Thank you for giving us all that we need. I pray that you would fill up our hearts as we leave here to love others well, to love our families well, to love our kids and our husbands well and our friends well. Let us go forth filled up with your love. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you. So um, if anybody has any questions or like, what about such and such? I'm happy or whatever. Or if you don't have any questions, then we can just eat too. That's cool. <laughs> it's okay. Nobody does. Yes. Yeah, that's a great question. Pretty much get that one every single time. <laughs> I was like waiting for it. Who's going to ask? Um, well, um, my my husband, Ted, who you saw in the video, um, he and AJ worked together at the International Justice Mission. And by work together, they actually like shared an office with one door and two desks. So he, he jokes because he's like, I always heard the other end of all your phone calls to AJ. <laughs> um, so it it was really amazing because he knew AJ and he felt the loss as well. And AJ was a friend and that wasn't a requirement, but I never could figure out how it could work any other way. And, um, we had a really long and really hard and largely unromantic dating relationship. We dated for about four and a half years off and on. Um, and, uh, yeah, I was playing, I was playing a concert <laughs> not long after we got married and I was at the piano and Ted was standing by, it was a house show. And this old lady came and was talking to Ted, oh, you're newlyweds, treat her exactly like you did when y'all were dating. And I'm at the piano like, please don't. <laughs> but it was really complicated because, I mean, what guy wakes up and is like, my dream girl's a widow. So, um, <laughs> um, and he's amazing, but I think really we were searching through like, is he just in love with the idea of being a hero and am I in love with the idea of needing a hero or are we actually in love with each other? And so there was just a lot of sorting through a lot of stuff as you can imagine. Um, but I'm grateful to have a really solid marriage. It's awesome. I love him so much. (laughs) Any other questions? Oh, yeah. Oh, sorry. What? (laughs) Yes. Yes, thank you. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. So what was your question? Oh, that's such a good question. They, we are really close to them still. And in a lot of ways, they have taken Ted, my new husband, in just as a son. And um, we're s- we still see them all the time. Eli's at their house right now. Um, so, I mean, they're, I like, I, all the time I look at them, I'm like, I don't understand you. You are like superhuman. Um, and I mean, the grief is very real. I think they've, it's not like there's one of those people who are like, act like it doesn't matter. Like they're very present and honest, but they just are filled with the love of Jesus and they just love largely. So yeah, I mean, it's good. I think a lot of people are afraid to go there with them. And so I think I've tried to be really intentional and that that actually leads to another question. Can I answer your question with a question? Um, A lot of times people ask me like, how can you care for somebody who's going through a hard time? And um, that's one thing I say is, is don't be afraid to go there. And don't think that everybody's going there with them because the reality is it's very lonely and most people are afraid to go there. I mean, I can remember literally being in Target and like seeing somebody like accidentally turn down the aisle that knew me and then like act like they didn't see me and like turn and go the other way because people just don't know how to engage the hard. And, um, and so even if you don't know what to say, sometimes that's even better because I've heard a lot of people say a lot of really things that I wish they didn't say. So just like be quiet, but just be present. Just send a text to say, hey, I'm thinking of you or whatever. Um, sometimes just those little simple things communicate so much and remembering those hard days. So like Mother's Day, for example, like you wouldn't think Mother's Day would be hard, but as a single mom and a widow, like Mother's Day was always really hard. Valentine's Day is coming up. Um, you know, a lot of those dates that are even lesser obvious than like Christmas or something um, are, are hard. So good to just remember those little things. Um, I just put reminders on my phone. So when I have like friends that have lost children, you know, I just, I have those little reminders like, you know, send Renee a text today or whatever. So um, yeah, it's easy. Oh, sorry. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's a great question. Absolutely. Um, it was really important to me that he never had a moment where he woke up and was like, what? This is my story. So really from the very beginning, and I've had a public ministry. I actually came and spoke at this church about seven years ago, which is fun. Um, did, did a show with different songs because I hadn't written these yet. Um, but yeah, it's, it's been really important to me that he just always knows his story and is comfortable with it and we can talk about it. I don't want to have anything off limits. Um, yeah. So. Any other questions? Yeah. Oh, that's the sweetest question ever. Thank you. Um, yeah, I love getting to do this. And I actually just texted my husband this morning because we're about to release a new record, and we've been working so hard on the promo team and all that. And I finally just like feel like I just want to like – I just was like, I don't want to be at the top waving my hand saying, hey, look at me. I want to be in the weeds. I want to – be in the mess of life with people. And I, sometimes it can feel like a distraction to get so focused on working with the right publicist and blah, 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 you know. Because um, this is, like, this is what I want to do. And um, we're, we're booking a tour called Wild Love and Mending Hearts. And um, the vision is to play every city that I play a show in. So if I was already doing that, I'd be going this afternoon to play a show at your hospital. 
Um, so I would love to, I do music a lot at our local hospital and it's just been so powerful. I mean, people just will stand at the piano and weep because they're not expecting to see music and emotions are so raw when you're there. So I really want to do that all around the country. So when I do a show, like just go do another show at whatever local hospital. Um, so to answer your question, um, we're releasing a new record April 20th. So about probably half to two thirds of the songs I played today are on the new record. If any of you like Sarah Bareilles, her drummer is playing drums on the record. Um, it's got a lot of really fun pop beats, and we have live strings on all 12 songs. So you've really got a lot of the emotive um, element to it. I'm really excited about it. I had a lot of fun working on it. Um, and then I do have other records for sale out here, probably the other half of the songs on behalf of another. Thank you. All of those are on um, the record out here. And then I made a record in Chinese that we released in Hong Kong. And it's a lot like a lullaby. It's got um, a lot of, uh, half the songs are just instrumental. And the language, the Chinese language is very much like a lullaby when it's sung. So a lot of moms use it kind of for their babies to sleep. Um, so it's a very sweet record. And then, um, yeah, the best way to support me is to, if you are encouraged by the music, to just buy a record because it costs money to do this and to be here and I have to pay for childcare when I'm on the road and all of that and unless my mom comes which she's actually here right now which is awesome but um anyway I would just love to be free to do this more and um so the best thing to do is to buy a record and if you want to follow me on Facebook that would be awesome and when the record releases if you can just share it with your friends um even if it's just a little thing on Facebook hitting share actually helps like way a ton so thank you <laughs> yeah it'll be everywhere internationally itunes amazon anywhere you typically buy music you'll be able to get the record yeah hey oh that's kind of a longer story um yeah i'm trying to think about how to answer that in a short way um there is a pastor's conference um that um, with about 2,000 pastors that was happening in Hong Kong. And um, typically the Chinese culture, and again, this is like a broad generalization, so don't like quote me on Facebook and be like, the Chinese don't, you know, um, but they don't typically talk about um, hard things. And, um, or I mean, they do, but it's like, it's, it's not as like, um, they wouldn't like sit in a room and like cry and like, I don't know. So um, there, was, there was this desire for me to share my story and um, we started thinking about booking a tour and in China. But as we began reaching out to the different house churches, they were saying, well, she sings in Chinese, right? And my friends who were helping book the tour said, well, no, she doesn't sing in Chinese. And it just sort of became one of those things like, well, maybe I could sing in Chinese. And why not? Why don't we try? And so it turned into um, like a, something very small turned into being linked up with um, a huge organization um, translated the music for me I had a language coach and um so we released we gave we actually gave the record to all 2,000 pastors so that they could use it in their house churches and I was able to share my story um with the translator um at the conference which was really powerful and encouraging so yeah well you oh yeah I'll take the last question and then you guys need to go get your kids so I gotta be quiet <laughs> Well, I'm sorry, I couldn't quite understand the question. How do they do when I'm gone type of thing? Yeah. 
Yeah, sometimes, well, they all have varying degrees. Jovi, like, told her, she's in kindergarten, she's like, she told her choir teacher, my mom's a composer. I was like, well, maybe, that's like, <laughs> I'm like, not Beethoven. So she, like, thinks it's cool. Um, Alice, our little one's really easygoing, and Eli's like, why do you have to leave all the time? So it's hard, but I, my, my main answer is just, you know, this is what God made me to do, and I hope that you get to live into what God has made you to do when you're older. So I feel like by setting the example of following Christ and that that will hopefully inspire them to live that way too. <laughs> but I miss them. <laughs> well. Thank you so much, Kelly. Thank you. It was amazing. I have some Here, this is. Oh, yay. Thank you. <laughs> That's so sweet. Okay, so as you know, um, she said that her table's right outside of the doors right here, right next to the elevator, and she's got jewelry also. So if you want to check out a CD and jewelry, go ahead, and don't forget to go ahead and get your kids. And she'll be here hanging out after if you want to talk to her. But it would be great if you could get your kids before that maybe or, or just, you know, pick up and stuff like that. Thank you.